the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and I hope you guys are ready for another hour of healthcare news and talk. Last week, we started talking about some of the uh, things that we were expecting in 2023. We had a list. How many do we have on the list? Like 10, 11? 11, 11, 11 items. And, and we got yep. we got through two. Right. And I know you had a caller that, that mentioned that. And yeah. I know they weren't poking yeah. fun at us, because. Uh, yep. but but we need to see see how yeah. many we get through today. Yeah, we actually didn't even finish the second one. No, we're you're right. We're going to pick up where we left off on drug right. costs, right? <clears throat> but good to be with you this evening, Dr. Martin. No, good to be here as well. And I think that... It really is because we'll just sort of as a review for anybody who missed last week's show. There are a lot of articles out there, oh. you know, talking about predictions and trends. And we, Tons we had a of stack. Articles. We had a stack. I mean, literally, like, there yeah, there right. it is. Yeah, a couple inch stack <laughs> yeah. of these articles. And we both kind of looked at them and said, you know, a lot of these are put together to sell something yep. or or yep. to promote an opinion. Politically not, not based. Really, yeah. Yep. So yep. so we came up with our own list of important things. And yep. I don't know. I think I, I really like it. I think uh, let, let's yep. let's jump right into it. Yep. Well, you know, let's go back and we had. Originally, we talked about healthcare premiums. Right. Then we talked about drug costs mm-hmm. and then out of pocket patient costs. Yep. Yep. And it's interesting, just this week in the article in a newspaper, Amazon has debuted a $5 a month prime prescription plan. Right, right. So if, you, if you're an Amazon Prime payer, which costs you a little over 100 like it's like 14 about bucks a month. 15 bucks 15 a bucks month. 15 bucks a month, 14 right. $14.99. You can get a $5 drug plan that covers a list of 50 drugs right. for $5 a month. Right. But what kind of drugs are they? Well, they're all generic drugs. They're all generics. All generics. Right. And, and I didn't what, mean were they legal or not legal. I assume right. they were legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. And and I think what's interesting is according to Amazon, and again, this is just another uh, promotion of their pill pack. Yes, yes, know. which has been a very – well, we talk about pill pack a lot. That's probably their most successful yes. medically related investment, and right. that's come back. And it's worked yep. well. It's worked well yep. for everybody. It's fine. Yeah, but they're saying that these 50 drugs that are on their formulary that you can buy for 5 bucks is – 150 million Americans at least take one of these drugs. Right. So that's going to drive business to them. But, I mean, if I go to my Walgreens or my Publix or my CVS, what am I really paying for a generic, like for an antihypertensive? Well, the thing that uh, people need to know is many times tier one in your drug plan is free. They're free. Yep. Zero. Yep, yep. And tier two can just be a couple of bucks. So you just need to look at it and make sure that – what you're doing is appropriate. Yep. Well, now, I mean, it's like we talk about the the different groups and these different companies that aren't in medicine, but maybe have a a, a game there. And like you know, wall, you know, when we talk about Walgreens and yeah. CVS and primary care, you know, they're yeah. driving. It's a loss leader. They're driving yeah. people to 
buy other things. That's right. And I can tell you, if I was to sit down and pull up my Amazon account and set that that recurring fee, they're going to come up and they're going to tell me, well, you know, if you add another thing, we're going to have a few more percent. And That's it's going right. to work. And it makes, right. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But as you point out, it may not be a savings. It may just be sort of what you're going to expect. It could be just a convenience. Yeah, exactly. And, and it is very yeah. convenient. Yeah. And Amazon, I heard uh, the, the last thing was Amazon Air, where they're, they're yep. flooding the uh, yep. airways with deliveries that they're, they're, they're now staffing their own planes and right. getting things moving around as well. Right. Well, Amazon states that, <clears throat> excuse me, this program will work most best for people that spend more than $10 a month on their eligible prescriptions. Right. Because if they, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, that makes it because it's going to cost them five. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And And then, and then also I thought it was interesting that this is not eligible for Medicare or Medicaid or government funded programs. Well, they want cash, right? So they they don't want to have to go and get reimbursements if you've yeah. got Part D, yeah. they're they're not going to work through Part D. What if you don't D. have Part D? Why couldn't you participate well, in this you could, program? Well, you can participate in it, yeah. but it's just going to come out of your pocket. That's what they're saying. So they're not saying if you're on Medicare, yeah. you can't I do it. You. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. but they're saying you can't you can't bill yeah. bill your insurance. And you know, I don't want to get political, yeah. but I want you to know <clears throat> this is not available in California, New Hampshire. Pennsylvania and the state of Washington. Interesting. Well, there you go. Do I need to state, tell you whether those are red or blue states, Doctor Mark? But but where's Amazon? It's in the state of Washington. That's right. That's crazy. Isn't that's that, really that interesting. Crazy? Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that's partially competition from PBMs too. You know, that can be. It, it. could be. Yeah. It so, could be. Yeah. So we'll have to. Well, we'll have to follow that and see yeah. where that goes. But that might be something as a convenience, but as we would say with any group that was selling, right. that you want to look into that. You want to look yep. into what the PBM is looking for. And, and yep. speaking of PBMs, there was there was news here in the yes. state of Florida this yes. week yes. where Governor DeSantis came once again and said, you know, he's looking after these PBMs. He's trying to cut costs. Well, he's targeting the middleman. Yeah, right. And that's where all the, the profits are. That's Well, it's certainly a lot of it. And, and you know, and the, the statement that he made started out with, well, since we're not allowed, they're not allowing us to buy drugs out of Canada here in Florida. That's right. This is the next thing we're going to do is we're that's really right. going to target the middleman. Yep. And, and again, the other thing that he's doing is, you know, many health plans require you, if you're on a maintenance drug, right. after two fills, you have to go on a mail order pharmacy. After two. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. He's, he says we're killing that in Florida. I gotcha. It doesn't have to be the case. Yep. Yep. So he killed that. And then he wants to look into the middleman and the cost of these PBMs. Yes. And yes. again, there wasn't a lot of details in it, no. but he's going to present this in this current 2023 legislative session that's just going to start here in March. Yeah, and I think it's going to get pretty wide support because you know we I had so. we did a show on yep. PBMs uh, last mm-hmm. year, and and you know it really is an area that as we scream about that extra cash that just seems to end up in somebody's pockets and, right. and add to the cost of health care. Yep. This may be a way to limit that. Um, yes. So I, I am, I'm interested to see what the details are, Yep. but I, I think it's probably going to be a pretty safe bet that it'll pass Absolutely. and that it'll be effective. Well, with a, with a Republican Congress, yep. Congress yep. In, in the state, yep, it's sure. going to pass, but also he's going to require prescription benefit manager PBMs to also provide more data on how they're pricing their drugs, and he wants more transparency. Got it. And Got I it. think that's going to be sure. 
I mean, going to be a big piece of it. Right. I mean, how yeah. do you argue that? It just reminds me of, you know, yeah. we're, we're trying to get transparency of cost from the hospitals and nationally it's no, no one is policing it. I feel yeah. like if you do it by the state, it will be much yeah. more effectively policed, yeah. you know, right. which has been an argument when we talk yeah. about trying to deliver healthcare, this huge nation of ours, yeah. you really need to look at states and regions because things are different. Now, let me give you something on the other side that you're going to laugh at, Dr. Uh-oh. Mark. The PBM Trade Association, it represents all these PBMs. They state that the Pharmacy Benefits Manager Transparency Act is harmful, anti-competitive to patients, and unconstitutional. Well, sure they do, because <laughs> what else would they do if, some, if all the PBMs are paying them a fee to be a member? Right. I mean, they got to say that's something that's like that. Right. Yeah, I think har- unconstitutional, that's that's a tough press. Do you Isn't think there was sad? anything in our Constitution about PBMs? Uh, they probably skipped that. No question. <laughs> as as there is nothing in the Constitution about abortion and COVID either. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's, Very it's not, not going to make it all the way to the Supreme Court this that's time. Right, so that's, that's not going right. to happen. Well, great. So that does that wrap up our drug side? Can we uh, jump on to the next topic? I think we can. All right. So what are we looking at? We're looking at physician reimbursement. Health equity and access to patient care, social determinants of health. Oh, great, great, yep. great. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk a little about that. that. Yeah. yeah. So with the so and we talk about access to care as being one of the right. biggest problems with delivering fair across the board health care. Particularly in rural areas. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And and well, and, and access to care is more than just the number of doctors or the number of clinics. Yes. It's who they serve. Right. Um, is it access to folks that, that yeah. you know, English is not their first language? Is it access to folks that just feel comfortable yeah. coming yeah. in? So there's been a lot of discussion. And in the last 10 years, the discussions, weirdly, not just, you know, most things are pendulum swing, right? Yep. You know, yep. they go far right to far left and back and forth. This has been more like a tennis game. Because it's just yep. back and forth and back and forth on what are these social determinants of health? Right. How how are right. they affecting things? Yep. And when you go over the social determinants of health, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. Well, I mean, it's, well you know, it's interesting when you talk about social determinants of health. The first thing you think about is mental health when you think about that. And then you talk about food security, transportation. Well, uh, uh, drug access drug to access you know, medications. and all that. But, you know, the number one reason for ER visits among our value-based patients in both of our commercial ACOs, Dr. Mark, are mental health. Mental health visits, yeah. And it used to be low back pain. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. So social determinants of health are so important. Yeah. But I don't – I think we're we're kind of mixing terms We are jumping around a little bit. Because the mental mental health issue is – it stands on its own, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not – that's not – a social determinant of health just because that's across the board. That's but right. but we've seen a greater need uh, and, and you can hypothesize, you know, why that is. Mm-hmm. But what we know is that the delivery of mental health health care adds another level of anxiety to a patient. Without a doubt. Um, you know, if you're if I'm going to go in and I'm going to go to my well visit, um, whether there's there's no stigma connected to a well visit. That's right. Um, I'm seeing somebody that hopefully I've been seeing every year and and it's all, whereas if you have a new mental health issue, there's, there's a resistance to actually getting in. And so one of the things, and I don't know that what we've touched on it specifically on this list that has changed with COVID is the increased 
access through telemedicine. Yes. And so that really increased, you know, you could say that, well, maybe there was more need for mental health care during COVID. Right. I mean, maybe. I mean, all the physician offices were shut down during COVID, so telehealth took off. Really took off and and it got supported. Right. Right. And now the residual is really... Uh, majority mental health. Calls. Yes, it's it's definitely yeah. stick, sticking out as as the leader of of what's going to stay on right. you know f- f- going forward. Although again, that's going to be completely tied to reimbursement. Right. right. You know. Yeah. You know. I heard something, Larry, the other day. Uh, a speaker who uh, the, the current uh, FMA president okay. made, made a statement the other day at a meeting I was at, and I thought it was just really great. He said, "Why do we call it reimbursement?" So, uh, uh, it, where and you go to a department store and you buy a shirt, do you give that department store a reimbursement or do you pay them? And what's the difference in healthcare? Why is a surgeon reimbursed for taking out your yeah. appendix as opposed to being paid for it? So, what's That's the where did that come from? And I thought that was a really good point. Well, if any of the listeners a, have any ideas that on that, that's a very one. good point. You know, we, we can talk more about that. But I think it's just the complex nature of where healthcare is going. Oh yeah, yeah. We're that, changing yeah. every word. We're changing every Absolutely. word. Yeah. And yeah. and how does that affect yeah. access? Well, it makes it more difficult, yeah. and it makes it you know another conversation yeah. of how do we what do we do in healthcare to make it easier for a patient right. to get good care? Because we know if they put off care, then things get more complicated right. and more expensive. So how do we help that? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the physician reimbursement side because when we come back, we're going to talk about reasons why the proposed CMS physician fee schedule cuts are a terrible idea for physicians, Dr. Martin. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones back in the Healthcare Now studios, and we are talking about trends for 2023. Right. We've knocked out uh, about a quarter of our list. Uh, you know, we jump, and, and I really didn't mean to. It was just that thought about reimbursement came into my head yep. and not thinking that that was the next topic. But I don't want to jump off the, the access issue, the, yep. you know, the, the health, health equity, equity and which, health you know, disparity, which yep. should be health inequity. Because that's, that's really what we're talking about, yeah. and or or the, or or the goal the goal yeah. is well, it, it's funny because we we mix up these words because mm-hmm. disparity and inequity would go together. Yeah. But when we talk about equity, then we want to talk about fairness and not disparity. Exactly. But it is it it, it, it all, we can get all tied up in the words, but the the reality is, if you go across the board, not everyone has the same ability. Yeah or the same gumption, or the same amount of times that they interact with the healthcare right, system, right. or the same way. Right. Because if they're interacting directly through the emergency room, that's a problem. 
You know, if they if they don't have someone that they can trust yeah. and see them more often, yeah. you know, one on one, that's a problem. And you can probably speak to this, but I've spoken to many physicians about access to care and health equity. Sure. And you know, the majority of physicians that I've talked to said that there is a racial divide for sure among healthcare. Talk Absolutely. about that, Doctor Mark. What's well, your opinion? Well, that's on that? you know, when I was talking about it being like a tennis game back and forth. You would think that if we went backwards a number of years and this conversation began, you you would imagine that there are a lot of folks that would be naysayers and right. say, you know, this is ridiculous. There's right. nothing there. Right. And then it would just gradually kind of move into another direction. Well, it did mm-hmm. until fairly recently when there's been a lot of pushback. Oh, yeah. And there's even pushback here in our own state yeah. saying that we can't teach medical students about this, right. which – is crazy. Yep. Because it's it's real. I saw an article on that. It's just real. Recently. It's yep. we're not talking about we're not talking about politics. We're not talking about emotion. We're not talking about opinion. We're talking about facts. We're talking right. about reams and reams of studies yep. that have shown that outcomes yep. and how they relate to one's race, you remember income, I sent you that primary. Article the other day, and you sent back. Mm-hmm. It's real. Yeah. You right. remember that? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exactly so, what we're talking. So about. So we're going back. So I I don't know. Sometimes when a conversation gets flipped like that, it brings yep. the attention back to the topic right. and the right answer bubbles up to the top again. So, right. so I'm hoping we're looking at that. But, but again, we, we try to sidestep most of the political discussions. We do. But this is science. Yep. This is medicine. Yep. And there's really no room for politics there. No. Well, it's interesting. HHS, CMS, CMMI, mm-hmm. FDA, everybody – all their initiatives are centered around health equity for 2023. Yes. And we've seen that. In fact, we just joined a Medicare ACO program called REACH. Yes, REACH. Yep. Right. Realizing right. Equity, Access, and Community Health. Right. And a big component of that program is access to care right. in underprivileged areas. And if you want to be, again, a, a naysayer and, and like this is just trying to make one group look like they have it harder than other, okay, forget all that. Look at the cost savings when we improve access to care across the board. Yep. And if and if you look across the board and you identify groups that have a more difficult time with access, well, that's where you're going to yep. save the most. Yep. You're going to save the most money. You're going to save the most time and you're going to save the most lives. Right. So I don't get why it got politicized yep. because – Oh, it's, it's going to continue it's, to be uh, politicized. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not it was, going it's away. Been, it's been really, yeah. really a, a crazy time, yeah. really a crazy time. Anytime you can get a, a discussion going with a politician about this, it's all about sound bites for them at sure. that point. Sure, and, that. and that's where I get curious about, and I don't want to pick on our governor. If you just yeah. look across the nation, every time there's somebody that's doing something that is is subjectively newsworthy, and that newsworthiness is just what people will put out there, right? Right, right. If they do something that's newsworthy, I, I, I've become very skeptical by seeing like, well, why are they really taking that angle? Yep. And in this discussion, I mean, there's just no room yep. for the politics yep. of it all. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there are more holes in the system than just talking about health equity in a plan. Right. And I'm talking about transition to care, discharge of a patient. Sure. We just recently had a patient discharged with our care managers. Patient went home after a pulmonary 
uh, or uh, blood clots in the lungs. Oh, yeah, pulmonary embolism. And obviously, we talked about this on the show last week, Mm -hmm. went home uh, supposedly with a prescription for Eliquis. Right. Our care manager, the patient called our care manager and says, I don't have my, my meds. Right. And she says, you don't? Yeah, you, she you're not supposed to leave the hospital. Yeah. She picked the phone, the phone and called the discharge planner and the nurse on the floor. Yep. And she told the nurse, Mrs. Whoever it was, went home without her meds. Yep. You know what their comment was? She did. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure. I mean, that's a big, and they probably, they probably did something yeah. quite specific. Now, in the, in the local hospitals, they've gone through different editions of how to improve that. Yep. And you know what they've, they've gone to is, is what you just said. They have a full-time employee in each unit yep. that that's what they do yep. is they give post-operative instructions or post-medication instructions. And these hospitals have a full pharmacy yep. in the hospital. Now, they, normally, they, if you can't get it, they'll give it to you before you leave yeah, the or hospital. Yeah, or they'll give you enough to last case, you for a few it days. All fell apart, and that and that's a that's Very a big dangerous. one. That's that, a big one. That's yeah. a big one because that yeah. could that could be loss of life. Yeah. And our that's right. And our care manager picked it up yeah. under our value based program with transition to care and right. got the meds for the patient that day. Right, and that and again, that's a big part of why we have the care managers exactly. is to make sure those gaps are closed. Yeah. But no, that's that's super important. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Yeah. All right, let's jump on to physician reimbursement because that's that's always a fun one. Yeah. You know, the um, uh, CMS guidelines for physicians for the new CM every year they come out with a new physician fee schedule. Yes. <clears throat> this physician and it's fee never schedule, good news. No. Um let me just read you. It says, with inflation skyrocketing, so are the cost of running a practice. This will exacerbate staffing shortages and access to quality care, which is exactly what we're talking about, Dr. Mark. Yeah, you're talking about the fee cut. Yeah, fee cut. And the move will force decisions about accepting patients and sure. payers by physicians, limiting access, further limiting access to care for the patient populations that need it the most, Dr. Mark. And I'm going to say, how can it not? But I'll also say right. that the powers that be like to say, oh, well, the doctors are going to see him anyway. And yep. that's what you hear yep. every yep. single time. And there was a time when there was that that impetus that, that right. doctors were, I'm going to air quote, reimbursed for oh, yeah. their care at, right. a, at a fair level. Right. And they're like, you know what? I, I did this to take care of people. I'm going to take care of people that that don't have insurance, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. Well, they've, they've cut everybody so close to yep. having to shut off the lights yep. that they can't just keep doing it. That's but right. every year, what's the cut? What's the well, proposed cut well, now? And, yeah, the physician salaries, as we've talked about numerous times, are less than 8% of health care cost. A 4.4% cut will only reduce health care expenditures by about three-tenths of a percent. Right. Meanwhile, insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies are making record profits. Right. There's Mark. nobody's limiting what they're yeah. doing. Where's the equity there? No, there's, there's – yeah, the, the economic equity of healthcare yeah. doesn't yeah. exist. No, there's no question. And we talk about the the face of healthcare right. is going to be your right. physician, right? Right. And right. so when you know what you're paying, when you get your, your evaluation of benefits, your EOB mailed to you and it has this huge number, you think yep. the doctor's getting it all. Right. And say it again, eight – Point eight percent of that bill goes to your doctor. That's right. And by cutting down and making this doctor make make four four percent five percent less of what they were going to make, it's not moving the needle on overall cost right. at all. Well, and it's interesting these pay uh, 
reimbursement cuts affect the specialist, obviously, much more than the primary care guys. But and you were a specialist for 23 years. You know how this works. Right. So there was always this feeling that the specialists are making too much money. Yeah. And they they could pick on the primary care docs and sort of started them out lower because there's more competition. Right. And the the time that you were being paid for your training or yep. your expertise has been long gone. Now, right. fortunately, with value-based care, at least your outcomes are being looked at. Yep. You know, at least we're seeing that the quality of your care could be rewarded. But the insurance companies kind of taking advantage of that too. Yep. No you know, question. in these in these value-based programs, they're not saying that that okay, the top ten cardiothoracic surgeons based on outcome are going to get a bonus this year. That's right. They're saying that if they happen to be in independent practice and they happen to work or they work in a clinically integrated network. That's right. And like somebody ours. is going to manage this, That's right. that that the insurance company will split that money That's that they right. saved. They're That's not right. just going to give it to them. That's right. They're going to split it. For performance. For performance. And, right. it's, and it's, you know, at best a 50-50. Well, at best. I mean, we know what we went through during the pandemic, but to me – this fee schedule reduction sends a strong message to our physicians that all their efforts in fighting the pandemic didn't matter, Dr. Right. Mark. It does. It does. And and they were the ones that the the essential workers, you know, among yeah. among the essential Contributing workers. Contributing to burnout. Too. And definitely highest exposure rates. And it's not just doctors yep. here. We're talking about everybody in healthcare. Everybody in healthcare. And yep. you know, I think the uh, you know, the term healthcare heroes has never yep. been spoken more times or with more more uh, loudness yep. than it has during during COVID. Yep. But at the same time, most of us were just doing our jobs. That's right. And getting it done. And everybody would come out the other end feeling a lot more rewarded. Yep. Not not with yep. more money, right. but really just keep the status quo. Don't keep nicking away at it. That's right. You know, and especially when the insurance companies, the pharmaceutical companies, and we talked about the middleman earlier, right. are making record profits every year. Right. Right. It right, makes right. no sense. No, but, and, and the only but, way you can save money on so every year your insurance rates go up. No, yep. and then it's not just. I mean, your your home insurance, Employee your car insurance, go everything, everything goes, goes up. up. Yep. The only way that you can get around it is if a new company comes in, and then they'll bring you in and they'll they'll give you a low rate for a year. Or if you raise your deductibles, that's right. that's right. And it just doesn't it doesn't work on the and, overall and economics the, for the out family. Out of pocket costs more on the on the consumer and yep. or the employer, right? Employee. Right. Exactly right. Yep. Exactly right. But you so. know what I think has happened, and I've been getting calls for the last month. Physicians wanting to drop out of certain payer plans because they're just tired of getting because paid that they low said, rate. you know, I'm not going to continue to work and lose money every time I see a patient, right? And they're seeing more and more of that. Yeah. And I call that plan B. Right. This reimbursement cut is looking is causing our physicians to look for plan B, Dr. Yeah, but, and, and it's really tough because <clears throat> you've got to be able to fill those time slots yeah. with somebody that does have a reason. Right. And and the numbers don't work out and the insurance companies, they know this. Yep. It, you know, you can't I tell you one of the one of the funniest things I heard when I was first getting into practice when we were talking learning about insurance and Medicaid and Medicare. When when somebody said uh, you know they they were strictly seeing Medicare patients strictly right, only right, Medicare I said right. why would you do that yep. Well you know the way I'm going to do it is let's say I'm I'm losing a dollar in every patient Well I'll just see a hundred of those patients instead of fifty And I'm like did you hear what you just said <laughs> You know but that's that's the way people think Compound your losses Exactly yep. exactly 
When we come back, let's talk about staffing shortages. Yes. I think it's been in the news. Um, it really, it really got kicked off with COVID, but a lot it more did. to learn about it. Okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion, on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're going over the expectations and trends for 2023 in healthcare. We just finished talking about uh, physician pay cuts, essentially, fee cuts. Reimbursement, 4.4% my, my new new word that I really hate, 4.4%. Yep. And now we're going to jump into something kind of related, and that is staffing shortages yes. and how that affects yes. the whole process. Yes. So we saw, I, I think the stat that, that they final, finally settled in on was post-COVID, hospital systems lost 50, five zero, That's right. 50% of their full-time staff. That's exactly right, Doctor. And that was across the board yep. from... You know the parking attendants mm-hmm. all the way up yep. to the, to to administration, and a big part of it were nurses. The biggest part yeah. and the most impactful part would be nurses, right? Because you know you can check into a hospital, and they let's say that you were going to have an elective operation or semi-elective right. that they could right. pick a date, and then they say, "Well, we're going to have to cancel your surgery because we don't have any beds." Now, if you were to walk right. through that hospital, you may find entire floors. That are void of patients. Yes. Because in order to have a, quote, bed, you have to have a team to take care of the patient in that bed. take care of that patient in that room. So, so the That's real right. problem was they didn't have nurses. They so, had beds, but no place to put the patients that could be serviced by the nurses. Right. No, no, no nurses. Yep. No That's nurses. Right. So, That's right. So a lot – you know, the first thing that all the hospital systems do and, and, and same thing outpatient care centers do is they're going to hire nurses that work for agencies – and the the problem there is they're making two to yep. three times yep. what we, we've talked nursing. about that on the air, right? And and they they serve a great purpose because sometimes you have a group that has sort of you know there there's a set of a period of time that they mm-hmm. may be busier. Let's let's take a surgery center. Right. There might be a time when we know that that uh, they're they're going to be doing a certain number of elective surgeries right, right at the end of the school and year. You used to do a lot of surgeries in an outpatient right. surgery. So center. so they may need staffing. For a period of time, or they may have staff that are going to be on vacation. Right. So these these groups that that sort of you know you know rent, rent a nurse if you want to call it that yep. you know they, they are out there traveling nurses important. they call yeah. them yeah. yeah and so yeah. they have all these different rules and regs and and the the nurses tend to get more because they do yep. this in all sorts of healthcare specialties. My you know I've got a family member who's a physical therapist who right. who who travels now and mm-hmm. then but their reimbursement if we'll call it that for them mm-hmm. too is not nearly the multiple that it is for nursing. Right. So it's costing the hospitals 
a lot more. Now, yes. granted, there's some savings there because the hospitals are not giving benefits to these folks. Right. But it's got to be included in the pay that they're paying these people through the agency. Oh, no, it, it, yeah, on that side, know, yeah. on that side. Yeah. So so it all it kind of rounds up. It's, yeah. a, it's a number that's usually two to three times what they're paying. That's right. So if half of their staff is now making three times what their previous yeah. staff was making – the only right. answer is they can't hire as many. Right. You know, it's interesting. I was in uh, with a friend in the hospital not long ago. I spoke to five nurses. I asked them, are you an employee or a traveling nurse? Four of the five nurses were traveling nurses sure. from out of state. Yep, yep. And some of the hospitals here locally, some have a lot, and some are like, we're not, we're not doing it. Right. And, right, you know, right. and, and when they're not doing it, that means we don't have enough beds. Yeah. You know, they just exactly. have to shut down the, yeah. the service. And, you know, it's not just about health care either, Dr. Mark. I went into a restaurant the other day, and the restaurant was half empty. And we, we check in. There was four of us. No and they say, there'll be a 15-minute right. wait. I right. said, excuse Can me? Can I sit right over there? Yeah, 15-minute wait. She says, yeah, we don't have any uh, staff to service the tables. Yeah. Yep, or cooks. Yeah, or you know, have you seen that as well? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, actually, during right when things were starting to open up after COVID, I had a, a lunch meeting down uh, at uh, down down in uh, the Millennia area, and we walked into a big, huge restaurant. It had opened okay. just pre-COVID. Okay, and there was a lot of concern they weren't going to make it. Huge place. Um, it'll be a good forty-five minutes, and the whole—it's—it's it's almost empty. Well, that's exactly there are a couple what of I people sitting on yeah. or here, almost completely empty. But yeah. but you, you knew because there were no bodies walking around. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. But that, well, you know, what does that say? Because if the according to our unemployment, mm-hmm. this is—it's what three and a half percent nationally. Yeah, but how do, how do they determine how can that, that? Right? Be? Because you're only unemployed if you're not looking for work, right? So if people are at home and they're not look, they're not seeking. What if you're work, on all these subsidies? Are you considered un, not unemployed? No. If you if your answer is that no, I'm not so looking for work. If you're getting work, money from the government to support yourself and your family, you're considered employed. You just fixed. You just figured it out, Larry. That's ridiculous. Problem number two. <laughs> Term limits. Problem number one and That's number two. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I, I can't Mark. believe you, that. Yeah, I I hope this yeah. this life changing information. But <laughs> let me but, let me give you another one. You know, let me give you another one. You know, we've we talked about um, uh, reimbursement and all, but we really haven't spoken too much about Medicare and Medicaid right. as far as what's going on for 2023. Did you know that in Florida, there are more people on Medicaid than there are Medicare? Interesting. Interesting. I just found this out the other day. Huh. Yeah, that's, that, that is interesting. More there on are Medicaid. 4.4 million Medicare lives, mm-hmm. and there are 4.6 million Medicaid lives. So we're getting pretty close to even, but still, yeah. I wouldn't have expected that at all. I wouldn't either. Because, you know, with, with Medicaid, for, for our listeners, it covers two groups. Yep. It covers kids, yep. and it also covers people with chronic illness right, that don't have right. the right. ability to get insurance. Well, there's a reason for that, and let me explain. Mm-hmm. You know, during the national public emergency there was a law passed that if you were currently on Medicaid, Medicaid couldn't take you off, even though, you know, you have to qualify every, every month, month which based is by income. Which, and, yeah. and so, but during the and pandemic, the administrative cost of that is probably not worth it. the last two years, Dr. Mark, no one has been removed from Medicaid, whether they would have qualified or not. I tell you, they're never going to be able to get back to the old system because nobody's yeah. going to follow it. I mean, you yeah. know, you're so, going to be out. People are yeah. not going to. So in no. that two-year period between COVID, just in Florida alone, mm-hmm. 
Florida went from 1.7 to 3.8 million Medicaid lives. Wow. And they're still on the plan. And now the concern is, what are you going to do when this national emergency shakeout happens and all these people are then dropped off the rolls of Medicaid? Yeah, they're not even going to know they were dropped where are you until they show there? up. Yeah, where are you going to go there? Well, you know, that it's some of that is helpful because the, the goal is to have all kids in the state covered, right? Right. So, but it's not and, just kids. Yeah, right, true, true, true. That's right. And, uh, but, the, but the vast majority are going to be kids. And yeah. so what we're doing, because it, it was a, a daily event yeah. that somebody thought they were still on their Medicaid plan. Right. And they had been right. dropped that previous right. month. And, right. and it was a matter of just administrative details to get it on. And it could right. take some time to get them back. Right. So if everybody stays on, you know, we talked about Obamacare. Recall, the whole thing with Obamacare yeah. was have have better coverage. I'm going to talk that, about that, might, that in a minute. That too. might actually yeah. we, we may have actually tripped yeah. on something that, yeah. that that could stick. Well, let me throw something at you here. They they're calling this Medicaid shakeout when the national public emergency, and at this point, it ends August third. I mean, April thirteenth. They're calling it the Great Unwinding. The Great Unwinding. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know when, who they is, but okay. Well, the press. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The press and okay. the politicians. So they're expecting that there could be a million and a half lives in Florida lose coverage and looking to go somewhere. But let me mention something else. Where would they go? The Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, right? If they could afford it. This year, we haven't gotten our new new numbers. Right. A record 16.3 million people joined the ACA it during was open enrollment last pre-COVID, year. Pre-COVID, we're at 11 million. That's right. 16.3 million, and that included 3 million new members joined the marketplace, also known as Obamacare. Yep. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And we've talked a lot about how that works, so we don't need to rehash it on this yeah. show. I'm sure we'll yeah. be on it for other shows, but it does. It's it's just moving the cheese around, isn't it? Yep. I well, mean, and then you talk about uh, taxpayer subsidies and all these kinds of things. Sure. Uh let me give you a stat that's going to blow your mind. This really isn't all about health care, but it is in a way. Our national debt mm-hmm. is $31.5 trillion. Right. That represents $94,215 for every citizen in America, and it represents $246,900 for every tax-paying citizen. All right, so that's all we have to do is so one you time. represent a quarter of a million dollars yeah, we, in we debt. Just, all, all we need to do is write a check for a quarter of a million dollars, and so all the taxpayers out, out there will that's be right. out of debt. That's and, right. and it won't. And you know, and the sun won't look any different when it comes up the next no, day because right. it's all it's all that's kind of made up. That's how you balance up. the budget. I, I, I see. Well, <laughs> well, how did how did Clinton do it all those years ago? I'm sure he did. Two hundred and fifty <laughs> million dollars. To, I'm sorry, two hundred fifty thousand dollars per person per. Per taxpayer, taxpayer, per taxpayer, yeah, would wipe out our thirty-one and a half trillion dollar debt. Now, now, if we really want to get into politics, I wonder what that number would be. Is if we had a fifteen percent flat tax? Yeah, I, I like that, that idea. I, yeah, myself. I know, I know, yeah. not 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 happening in our lifetime. I'm afraid, no, but you I'm know, afraid anyway. not. but right. you know, the interesting and the reason I bring it up is we talked about Medicaid. Mm-hmm. We talk about all these people that are still on the taxpayers' rolls that are getting reimbursed and being taken care of through Medicaid. And then we talk about the Affordable Care Act, where an additional 3 million people came on board for 163 
all these programs are heavily subsidized oh, sure. by our taxpayers' dollars. Well, they're completely subsidized, whether it comes from the state or the feds. It's still seventy five percent. It's still yep. you know, fall yep, fall the money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the and it goes right back to what you and I have said for a long time, Doctor Mark. How can we sustain this? We can't. Right. And and I think you know the prediction of when CMS kind of closes the doors. Now, what? So what's been happening? So we we see CMS now looking at. Medicare going completely into a managed care. Whether an ACO in, in, or a Medicare in, right, within right. by 2026. 2030. The 2030. 2030. So, yeah. so they're, they're kind of, they're not washing their hands of it. They're fixing the cost. That's right. right? And that putting, means it's going to go down. Yeah, right. No, no, it won't, it won't go it down. Won't go it won't down. go down. Yeah. And yeah, there's no way it'll go down because yeah. now you've got private business involved. Right. And, and you've you got 10,000 new Medicare Eligible beneficiaries yeah, entering the system yep. every day. Yep. So now you're going to have publicly traded companies yep. that are now going to be reporting how much money they did or did not yep. make on yep. health care. Yep. And it's it's going to be I don't know, it's it's crazy because they are going to they're going to do well. Yeah. They're going to profit. And yep. they're going to be able to profit. Whereas when CMS tries to run it themselves, we're just it's it's right. spend only. And you wonder why Amazon and CVS Health and oh, they're all Walmart, getting a piece. All, all these piece. people are getting into the healthcare field, right? Well, they they are because I mean, if you look at it, you, it, you kind of say, "Boy, the, the healthcare folks just aren't business folks," and you know that's a very yeah. you know overreaching. Oh, they're business folks. Yeah. They know what the bottom line is. Well, but the business folks know yeah. that they, if they get into healthcare, yeah. that there's a lot of low hanging fruit there, right? right? Right. And that's what we're seeing with yeah. all these companies coming on board. Yeah. And I guess it's like anything else; some of them are going to succeed, and a lot of them are going to yeah. fail. And at the end of the day, will it change our conversation? You know, when we come back, let's talk about what we know the most about, and that's value-based health care. And and Americans' ownership of their own health status. Yep, because those those are actually things... That, that can change the, you know, change the, the, the trend of and how things are going to go. we're heavily involved. We have eight value-based programs within our own organization. How many covered lives now? Uh, about 60,000. 60,000. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're on our final segment of the uh, evening here, uh, going through the trends of 2023 as we see them. It's really a great conversation. It it is. And and, and should it be how anybody else sees them? Because I don't, because we read what everybody else said and and didn't agree with it. So it's it's kind of fun. We could make make it our own. Well, what we, you know, this whole show is about helping build educated healthcare consumers. Right. And also to have a true, honest conversation 
about how to navigate our very complex U.S. healthcare system. And these issues that we're talking about facing the U.S. healthcare system in 2023 are exactly that. They're the real issues, absolutely. So when we broke, we talked about jumping into value-based care discussions and Americans' ownership of their health status because the the reality is we – we, we kind of want the people that are making lots of money to put it back into the system. Clearly, that's not what's going to happen in the short run without, right. you know, some type of, of oversight, which, you know, a lot of folks are, are very vehemently against. Yeah. So what are the things that we can do that can actually fix some of the problems? Like we want to fix the problem of physicians and physician uh, extenders dropping out of the game. Right. We don't we don't want them to go to Wall Street and find another job, right. even though they could make a better living doing it. Yeah. We want them to stay in and do yeah. what their heart drives them yeah. to do. So one of the ways that we have done, and I say way you and I with with the company that we have, is we are creating income that's based on the value of care that physicians and physician extenders yeah. deliver. Yeah. So so basically working with the insurance companies and convincing them to share some of their profit right. if we as healthcare providers do a good job and they define what yep. that good job is quite specifically. Right. Well, let's talk about value-based care in that movement for a minute. Basically, for our listeners, value-based care is really not only having the providers being, as the no- name you would call, reimbursed. Yes, not right, as right. a FIFA service transactional, which has been been around, which has been around forever, the, yeah. but to be paid for outcomes, yes, and quality. Right. So to be clear, of they patients. get paid yep. contractually on a fee for service contract. That's right. Because the way it's set up is you and I cannot negotiate their contracts. That's right. Right. So that that's one of those and those, those, their increases based on the cost of living. Doesn't happen anymore. Right. It just doesn't if, happen. It's not even on the table. If you're a physician that just got an increase in your FIFA service reimbursement, please break, raise your hand because yeah, I'd right. like to talk to you. Yeah, it's an empty room. No <laughs> one's new. Right. No one's moving. Yep. That's no. Right. So, so what we're talking about here is, you know, with because of anti-collusion yep. conversations, we can't yep. help doctors yep. get paid more from yeah, the there's big There's no payers. collective bargaining. Right. No in collective bargaining. Right. With physicians. Well, no, with physicians. Yeah. I'll say with there physicians. is, but not without yeah. not with, with physicians. physicians. Yeah. So what we're doing here is we're taking folks that that have contracts mm-hmm. uh, and they're getting their fee for yeah. service and we're attaching to that an agreement that if over a period of, of the year that, that's function, yeah. um, that yeah, it's not necessarily a calendar year, but over right. the year that that's it functions, right. we are evaluated as a group by Cigna, by Blue Cross Blue Shield. Cost and quality. Yeah, and they're saying, yep. here's here's your here's your mark. Right. Every dollar right. you save beyond that yep. mark will split 50, at a certain 50. percentage. That's right. About 50-50. Most of them are 50-50. Yeah, but it's not just about savings. No. We also have to show as physicians and physician extenders, we have to show that we have met the metrics that these groups say the are okay. metrics. That's right. And they're different, right? They're different every, with different companies. Every plan is a little different. You know, when you get into the Medicare side, there are many more quality metrics than there are in the commercial side. The commercial right. side really has dumbed it down a little bit to where, you know, you're really dealing with CHF, congestive heart failure, right. COPD, coronary obstructive pulmonary disease, diabetes, hypertension, and uh, coronary artery disease. Yep. So C- I'm, I'm going to say 
They didn't dumb it down. So what the commercial side has done is they're saying – That's probably not a good word for that. Yeah, (laughs) well, it may be really accurate. Now, the commercial side, what they've done is they've said, okay, we recognize in our analytics that here are the top X number of things that that can – if you improve – this value delivery, you know, this delivery of a value care, this saves the most money. That's right. Okay, because at the end That's of the day, to them, we're still talking and about money. Improves the health of the largest population of people. Right. So when you look at the government sponsored, they are much broader stroked. They're going to say, "Well, we'll do this, but you got to fix everything." Yep. Now, some of the That's things right. on the list That's that right. we fix make yep. no difference yeah, in outcome and make no difference That's in right. cash. That's right. But they're just covering their bases. Yep. Now, when, you, when you're working with well, – that's a, been the entire debate on value-based care from the very beginning, Dr. Mark. For sure. Is were the quality metrics really being measured properly right. to, to really improve people's health care? And, and it's weird because what we have noticed, the, the correlation that, that has never been argued is if you're saving money, you're having better outcomes. That's right. And it, is it a chicken and egg thing? Not necessarily the case. Right, exactly. Right. So right. – so, when when certain things in healthcare have, have been repeated time and time again, if you yep. get a group of providers together to do something mm-hmm. to to achieve a goal, and when, I'm not talking right. about financial goals, I'm talking no. about if we're if we're trying to decrease a population's A1C. You're really talking about coordination of care. Well, I mean, it, 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 it yeah. can be it's anything. If yeah. you if yeah. if you just say that we're gonna we're gonna make sure that physicians are better at at doing their their medical records in their office. Yep. Anytime we yep. do that, the insurance companies saved money. Oh, without a doubt. And and yeah. you couldn't necessarily have predicted it and again, based on what they coding, were doing. It's about CPT billing. It's, it's about, all these no, things. It's, it's about paying yeah. attention. That's right. If you're paying attention to one thing, you're going to pay attention yep. to another thing. Yep. And and we're we're not here. No one can explain that phenomenon. Yep. You know, everybody there are a lot of theories. Yeah. But the the insurance companies recognize this. And that's why they agreed yeah. to getting into this value-based world. We may need to get you on our speaking circuit because we talk about engaging physicians. Right. And I love your comment about it's about paying attention. Yeah, We, you have, we may need to get you out there, it's Dr. The de- Mark. I mean, it's definitely – it's the details. And, yeah. and it's just counterintuitive to take someone who's more in the, the health sciences and ask them yeah. to pay attention – to some of the book work, because there's a lot of extra garbage that, that you can't right. convince me right. that filling out yeah. this form is really going to help anybody, right. but there's a balance there. But, you know, there's a twofold side of value-based care in this movement. Right. Obviously, it's the provider, which we're talking about now. Sure. It's the engagement, meaning the, the metrics, the quality control, the cost, yep. the transition to care. But also there's another side. There is. And it's not only our case managers within our organization. No, they're part of us. They're part of us. It's Americans taking ownership of their health care. Right. Talk about that, Dr. Mark. Well, you know, my med students talk about this uh, just yesterday. We were having our uh, little session, and I was talking about their experiences on their current rotations. Mm -hmm. And one of them came out and said, you know, one of the patients had had surgery before, and, and, you know, there was a, had a big scar and we said, well, what was that from? They said, well, you know, they took out my kidney. Oh, well, which kidney? Well, I don't know. Well, why'd they take it out? Oh, I don't know. And they, they were in, an intelligent yeah. 
person. Right. You know, I'm not making fun of them. Right. But right. the reality is, and you could say that, well, maybe that was somebody that really trusted their doctor. No, you need to be engaged in this game. Of course. It's a partnership. You shouldn't so you're saying the blindly patient follow. Didn't even know why they had. That's what I'm saying. The patient removed. didn't know. That's crazy. And man. and so, you know, yep. what, what is that that I I, and I I jokingly said I said I bet they didn't know the name of their surgeon either, which oh, they did probably didn't. not. Yeah. So what happens is that creates a situation where someone's going to spend certainly time mm-hmm. and probably money on getting yep. tests. Yep. Because that information is not there. So individuals yep. have to take some responsibility no for their health care. And, and that's, not, that's not our culture, Larry. No, it's not. I but, mean, you know, there you know, are three concerning. areas that I want to make sure we cover before we end the show today. I'll give, you, when, I'll give you one minute per area. Okay. Annual wellness visits. Yes. Chronic care management. Right. And preventive care. Yep. Those are really the areas. Annual wellness visit. How many times have we told our Listeners, right. get your annual wellness visit every year. But here's the here's the problem with the annual wellness visit to our to our listeners to to just everybody to everybody. So if you walk in to an annual wellness visit, the best thing you're hoping for is to walk out and no change and have That's your right. doctor say nice job. And okay? it didn't even cost you anything. And it didn't cost you a thing. That's okay. Right. But but the problem becomes then you walk out and and, and the attitude is I didn't need to do that. I could look in the mirror until I was fine. Especially if you're young. That's not what it's about. No. It's about paying attention. That's right. It's about getting involved. Getting your labs done. Right. And just because you didn't get any terrible news doesn't mean you didn't get some permits. So so that's one. That's very fortunate. That's number one. And then, you know, people over age 65 have an average of two chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. People under the age of 55, 40% have at least one chronic condition. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a lot of chronic management, Dr. Mark. Right, so so if people pay more attention. And the biggest piece of that is diabetes. Oh, diabetes is, is yeah. huge. It's a huge. A third yep. of America is either pre-diabetic or has type 2 diabetes. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and we're not talking about type 1, which is no, genetic. We're talking right. about type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes. And, and, yep. it went, and you, you add the price tag to that, yep. to our healthcare system. I mean, we'll, we'll have some shows. I mean, there's been a, been a lot of information about some of these uh, yep. medications for these type 2 diabetes yep. being used yep. for, for just generalized weight there's loss. We'll so have to talk about that. There's so much out there on that today. But, but these, these, uh, these cures, and there, there are going to be some really good cures out there. there are. These are not inexpensive. No. So, so taking care you can avoid all this and that's what you're talking about that's chronic care management about. and then and you know and again you got to know what the red flags are that would move you from managing your chronic condition to getting into an acute position where you end up in the ER get admitted right. or even worse which is just again that's not the norm no. people aren't thinking that way and we really need to help with that yep. and and you know the last thing we talk about Preventative care kind of overlaps yeah, with that. It does. But we've talked about an ounce of prevention yep. for for yep. decades and yep. decades and decades. And folks are, you know, we are a society that is much more reactive in medicine than proactive. Well, the question is, do we practice sick care or do yes. we practice health care? We, we practice sick care. Exactly. The majority of our care is sick care. And by that, I think everybody knows what That's we mean. That's in a nutshell. That, that you just... Go to see you just engage in the healthcare system when you have a problem, yep. and depending on how serious that problem with yep. is, it's going to you know be life changing. Yep, it's going to be expensive. Yes, um, it's going to be frustrating. Yep, or well, it's going to be nothing. And and again, we've spent many shows talking about you are what you eat. 
Yes. And and uh, unfortunately, we talked about bacon the other week. That really hit a hot button with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there were a lot of yeah. You, you said that, that that there were some uh, listeners that weren't weren't happy we're we're ragging happy on, the, on bacon. the bacon thing. Uh, that's right. But that that just tells you, you know, we've uh, we fall we're a fault yep. of all the marketing yes, that gets thrown at we us. We are. And uh, you know, we, we never would have known how good yeah. that bacon tasted. But it's lifestyle balance. It's nutrition. Sure. It's exercise. It's getting your annual wellness visit. These are the things we want our listeners to pay attention to. So for 2023, if we don't do anything else, we need to improve the relationship between the individual and their health care. Absolutely, Dr. Martin. I think we're going to wrap it up with that, Larry, and come back next week with something new. It's been a great show, Dr. Mark. Great being with you. You too. Look See you next week. next week. Okay. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.